That was quite a different morning. Go, went a little bit of a different way to what we planned. And it took the oldest guy in the church to break it open. His name is Lex Stewart. And um, wonderful Lex, brilliant. Fantastic. I'm, I can be cheeky with him. He's my friend. It's fine. Where are you, Lex? No, you're not going to put your hand up now after that, Chip. Yeah. Anyway, fantastic. Absolutely amazing. I want to encourage you, friends. We are on a journey as a church. And I think what happens is we don't fully appreciate the intent that God or Jesus has for his church and for his local church. And every local church has got its mandate in the city. And we build shoulder to shoulder with every other church to accomplish God's purposes in the city, in the nation, in the nations. And uh, it's so important to understand that the journey that God has put us on is not necessarily the journey God has put another church on, although we stand shoulder to shoulder in our journeys. It's so important, friends, that you consistently be part of what God is doing here. The idea of kind of coming here and then missing a few weeks and then going to that church and that church, you, what you're doing is you're not, get, you're not drawing the marrow out of what God wants to do with a community of people. And what God is wanting to do with us now, the word that has come, it's almost like every time that song of your lovers in open Jordan is played, something prophetic breaks out and something God is wanting to speak, is speaking to us and saying, your, the Jordan is open, there's a land ahead of you, go and possess it. Go and take hold of it. And it's not time to wait for, on this side of the Jordan, it's, it's time to walk through and get through and, and, and begin to take hold of what God has for us understanding that we're on a journey. And so your voice, your presence, your contribution, and whatever might be adds to that journey that God has got us in. So for this morning, it was Lex's courage to come and say, come and dance, that opened something up for us on our journey. That was, that was the part Lex had to play this morning. And so everybody's got a part to play in that journey. We were, we were talking about the table and kind of getting around the table, but as worship started, I thought, actually, I'm not going to end up preaching that, on that. I'm actually going to preach out of the book of Haggai. So this is a kind of a, this is actually for, we've got a leaders meeting this afternoon. This is part one of the leaders meeting for the leaders that are in here. But I thought, actually, you know what? This is not for leaders. This is for everybody. This is for everybody. So... If you want to listen to table skills on the road to Emmaus, you can listen to the, the, the video. Watch the video or get that thing done. But this morning, if you've got your Bibles with you, can you turn to Haggai? And in particular, just for time's sake, because we're kind of short on time here now, is I'm going to read out of the message version of it. I was studying it out of the ESV and then went to the message. And uh, actually, Shepard, you can put the message... I've got some slides for the message. I hope you can see that. It's a bit small. I was trying to fit it all in. So just if you can remember, the book of Haggai, this actually, part of this is, is stimulated by, um, I don't know if that's the right word, inspired by um, a, a, a talk that Terry Virgo gave this week in the city. Terry Virgo is an apostolic leader. He's been around for many, many years. Him and his wife, Wendy, were at Red Point Church and um, some, the lead, some leaders were invited to it. And uh, he sat there, he stood there, and he, he's like, he's a little bit of an encyclopedia of history. 
So not only does he have a deep grasp of the scriptures, but he, he's lived through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s of the church. And he started talking about a church that they began to dream of as a, as a young group of people that wasn't headed up by, and, and by, wasn't hemmed in by denominational, traditional norms. It was a church that was free to flow. It was a church where everybody was involved. It was a church in which the Spirit of God was sent to peace, where the name of Jesus was revered and the name of Jesus was, was preached and the name of Jesus was, was praised. And he spoke about all the struggles that they had to get there because of the opposition that came from the church at the time. And he was told, you're never going to be able to do this. This is never going to become normal. And it was that time that the, the birthing of the charismatic renewal started to happen in the life of the church. And so what we live in now is because of the battle those men and women fought. So what, that became normal. That was pioneering then. It's now become normal for much of the church. Where there's a freedom in worship, there's a life, there's a liberty. The scriptures are valued, but the spirit of God is valued as, equally as much. And friends, we're in, a, we're, in a, we're in a moment now, coming out of COVID, where it's almost like God is rebooting his church for another new season. So this is not, and the way God takes you in, Hilton was just, said this to us earlier, it's like when you break camp and move forward, it's, it's Judah that goes first. The tribe of Judah always went first. Judah means praise. So when there's a new season to be birthed, there's new songs, there's new worship, there's new praise that breaks us, that takes us in there more and more and more. So this is, it's kind of prophetic. This is what's happening, friends. And it's been, you've kind of felt it all the way through this year, but it feels like this morning something's popped. That we're actually through and we're in this new season, now we've got to start doing what God's called us to do. So the book of Haggai, the prophet Haggai and the prophet Zechariah, were the two prophets that prophesied to the people of God when they had started building the temple, rebuilding. Remember, they're in exile. Now they, and, and, and they go, to, they go and they realize actually there's Zechariah. They, they go and they say, there's, we, we're sitting here in exile, but God's place, house, is in ruins. We need to go back and build. So they go back and build, but the opposition stops them and they get tired, they, they lose courage, and they just put their tools down and they stop building. And what God does is he sends Haggai and he sends um, uh, Zechariah to go and encourage them again to start building so that they could see the completion of the temple that God had in store for them. So kind of that's Haggai. I want to read the first chapter and a little bit of chapter 2 of Haggai out of the message. And I'm going to pull out a few things and then we're good to go. It's going to challenge you. Because you see a new season comes with freedom and, and all these things, but it also comes with hard work, friends. There's giants to bring down. And don't let anybody tell you if, you if you're in God, then it's easy. No, 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 no. If it's in God, it feels easy because His grace sustains us, but it's not easy. There's giants to come down. There's Jericho walls to come down. There's, there's fields to plant and to harvest. There's, there's, when you're in the land, there's abundant rain, there's abundant dew, there is just, everything is there, but we've got to get to it and work it and till it. And, and just, by the way, most of that work happens around a table in a home. 
for the church. It happens from here, the pulpit. But even more than here, it happens around the table in our homes and in our hearts. And around our boardroom tables, etc. So this is it. Haggai, this is what it says. You can put it up there. Haggai chapter 1 verse 1. On the first day of the sixth month of the second year in the reign of King Darius of Persia, God's message was delivered by prophet Haggai to the governor of Judah, Zerubbabel son of Sheatol, and the high priest Joshua son of Zadok. So those two guys, one is the administrative government of the city, and the other one is the religious keeping God at the center of the city guy. You see, when God wants to build new things, there's got to be leadership and government, but there's also got to be spirituality, and there's got to be propheticness, and there's got to be where you're with God. And those two things mesh together. They're never in opposition together. They, and the word comes to both of them, to Joshua, uh, to Zerubbabel and, this, and his mate Joshua. A message of the God of the angel armies. In the, in the, in the other translations, it's the Lord of hosts. Over and over again, you'll see that phrase coming through, the message of the angel armies. The reason why God puts that there, friends, is to let us remember this, is that there's principalities and powers at stake in, in this battle. It's not flesh and blood that you fight, but remember God is the God of the angel armies. God is the Lord of hosts. It's a military term. He's never been defeated. He's never been confused. He's always directive. He knows what he's doing. His plans, his strategies never fail. And so constantly he, this refrain, refrain comes up. And whenever you read that, it's meant to encourage us and say, we're going to win this thing. We, we cannot lose this if we follow him. Because he is the God of the Lord of hosts. And he's more powerful. His army is more powerful than the armies that fight against us. That's what that phrase means. A message of the God of the angel armies. Straight up, he just gets straight into it. The people procrastinate. Friends, God has us in a new season. It's not a time to procrastinate. Put it off. Hilton said again, he said, it's time to do hard things. Friends, don't procrastinate with what God has for you. It's not a time to get measured. Just put your foot down. Just put your foot on the accelerator flat and just let God take you. And trust Him to fill in all the pieces that you don't know. Do not procrastinate. It's not a moment to procrastinate with God. It's not a moment to think, oh, I've been wanting to do this with God, I've been wanting to do this with God, and then you don't do it. Or put it off. Oh, you know what, I'm going to do this first, I'm going to do that first. It's not a time to procrastinate. They say it isn't the right time to rebuild my temple, the temple of God. What the church cannot do now is procrastinate. In this moment, it's like in our lifetimes, we're probably not going to have a moment like this where you've come out of a pandemic and people are hungry and there's, mo there's ground to take. It's now. Do not procrastinate, Leonard's Church. You're called to lead small groups. Get on with it. Stop worrying about how am I going to fit it in. Just do it and let God take care of it. It's like faith. That's what faith is. Don't procrastinate. It is time now. It's time. I just want to say it's time. The rain is over us. It's time. Shortly after that, God said more to Haggai and spoke it. And Haggai spoke it. How is it that it's right? How is it 
that, it, that it's the right time for you to live in your fine homes while a home, God's temple, is in ruins. You see, it's a, hect- it's a strong word to them. Now, I know that not all of us live in fine homes. The point is this, where's your priority? Friends, what you build for him by the Spirit, by the blood of Jesus, has eternal value. What, you, what isn't by the Spirit and what isn't by the blood of Jesus is temporal. It will not last. And it has no value in the earth to come, in the, in the new age to come. What he's trying to get to them, he's saying, he's saying to them, listen guys, your priorities are skewed. You're coming out of COVID and you're thinking, oh my gosh, actually I've got to do this and I've got to do this, I've got to restore that, I've got to do that, I've got to do that. And God says to them, stop doing that, stop procrastinating, stop worrying about this thing, put your foot flat and let me do it for you. Watch and see what I do with you. If you put your focus on me and prioritize me and my things. Dana, I just want to say to you that God has a massive call over your life. It's time for you to start running again. You run with God. It's time for you to start running again and put your foot down. I prayed that for you. Put your foot down. It's not, it's not time to think, hey, you know what? It was a tough season and maybe I was disappointed then. Friends, get over our disappointments. Either the church hurt me and this person hurt me. So what? They killed Jesus. We killed Jesus. Didn't stop loving us. Put your foot flat. It's time. And then later, the God of the angel army spoke out again. Take a good, hard look at your life. Think it over. I love Eugene Peterson. Man, it's, it's time now to put your focus back on him and take a good, hard look at your life and think it over. He says that again at the end of this little passage. Take a hard look at yourself. I know we were enjoying things, and this seems like quite like. Friends, we're not playing here. People's lives are at stake. There's souls that need to know Jesus, and they're going to get to know him through you and your life. And we're procrastinating and faffing around getting up the miff tree because we're disappointed and hurt by people. And guess who's suffering? Everybody that doesn't know Jesus. And when they don't know Jesus and they die, they don't know Jesus forever, just so you remember that. This is profound time the church has. He says this, you've spent a lot of money, but you haven't much to show for it. You keep filling your plates, but you never get filled. You keep drinking and drinking and drinking, but you're always thirsty. You put on a layer, put on layer after layer of clothes, but you can't get warm. And the people who work for you, what are they getting out of it? Not much. A leaky, rusted out bucket. What's that? That's why the God of the angel army says, take a good, hard look at your life and think it over. So he's basically saying, you're living this life and you're procrastinating, and you're not getting on with what God's called you to do and the things of God, and you're not getting into a community that's on a journey, and you're wondering why things are not working out. He's basically saying, you're going your way. How's it working for you? How's it working for you? How many of you think, it's like I've got holes in my pocket. It just doesn't seem to last money. 
time. Like, what's happening, Lord? I just can't seem to. He says, think about it. Have a good hard look. Get your priorities refocused around what God is doing, friends. Friends, it's time to take our eyes off of ourselves and put it onto God and trust God to take care of ourselves. That's what he's saying. This thing has never been about me. It's never been about you. It's always been about Jesus and his glory and his fame. And so when we start to look inward, like we can easily do in a time of COVID where things are battling and you're surviving, friends, we've got to look beyond that, beyond the Jordan, get into the river and start taking ground. God will give it to you. Listen what, he, listen, listen what he goes on to say. And then God said, here's what I want you to do. Now you must listen. Here's what I want you to do. Climb into the hills and cut some timber, bring it down and rebuild the temple. Climb into the hills, get some timber and rebuild. He's saying this, friends. Get, ascend to the hill. Come and be with me. Find what you need in me to do what you're called to do and go and do it. It takes hard work. It takes discipline. It takes, it takes intentionality. It takes priority. Friends, can I just say this? And I know we're all busy. Busyness is never an excuse to not do what God's called you to do. But to tell you what the real excuse is, priority. Just prioritizing different things. God has a new season for us, friends. And I'm praying by the Spirit of God that God ignites something in our hearts this morning for this new season. Bring it down and rebuild the temple. Don't do it just for me. Honor me, is the next line. Don't do it for anybody. Do it for him. Stop procrastinating. Get on with it. Make sure you're doing it for him and not for people. The reason why we hurt and disappointed with people in the church as we look back and relationships and that didn't work for me is because we actually did it for people. We didn't do it for God. Because God's yes, God's thing is pleasure and sight. Well done. But actually, the, your, our problem was ourselves. We wanted something out of that. But actually, only God gives you that. You have great ambitions for yourselves, but nothing has come of it. The little you have brought to my temple are blown away. There was nothing to it. And why, he says, the message of the God of the angel's army. Because you've run around, caught up with taking care of your own houses, my home while my home is in ruins. That's why, because of your stinginess. So I've given you a dry summer and a skimpy crop. I've matched your taste, tight-fisted stinginess by decreeing season of drought, drying up fields, withering gardens, orchards, stunting vegetables and fruit. Nothing, not man or woman, not animal, is going to thrive. He's saying, when you're going this on your own, and it's all about you, and it's not about me and my kingdom, it shrivels up. It shrivels up. Friends, there's, a, there's, a, there's another season. Somebody said there's a season to sow generously or some one of the contributions this morning. I think it was Melindy or... No, no, no. Um, Leanne said it's not, a, it's not a moment to conserve energy. That's what he's saying. The more you try and conserve it for yourself, the less you have of it. The more you try to make... Put these things, the less you have of it, actually put your foot down and trust God. 
This is what he goes on to say. Then the governor Zerubbabel, son of Sheatel, and the high priest Joshua, son of Zodak, and all the people with him listened, really listened. Father God, help us to listen and really listen this morning. Me, help me to listen to this, Lord, to the voice of their God. When God sent Prophet Haggai to them, they paid attention to him. And listening to Haggai, they honored God. Amazing thing, when we listen to what God is saying, we honor God. Have you thought of that? When you listen to the prophetic voice of God, you honor God. When you're obedient to God, you honor God. Look what happens. Then Haggai, God's messenger, preached God's message to the people. I'm with you, God's word. This is how God got Zerubbabel, Joshua, and all the people moving. They got them working on the temple of the God of the angel armies. This happened on the 24th day of the sixth month of the second year of King Darius. It's an amazing thing. The thing that got people working was, I am with you. You see, this, we sing that song, turning seas into highways and bones into armies, and it's God with us, friends. You see, God with us takes us on the journey, but, and whatever the journey is, He's with us. He never leaves us. So when you put your foot down, you think, hey, God, can I do this again? Can I go for another season? Can I go for another run? You put your foot down. You're thinking, but God, I actually, I, energy, I'm older now, I'm energy. Just put your foot down. God's with you. God's word is with you. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of God came through prophet Haggai. Tell Governor Zerubbabel and High Priest Joshua and all the people, is there anyone who saw the temple the way it used to be, all glorious. And what, you, and what do you see now? Not much, right? And he encourages him. He says, you, you kind of put your priority to me. Put your hand up. Be available to me. I'm with you. There's a new season. There's a new rebuilding. There's something emerging. And then he says, and tell me, what do you see now? It's not much, is it? It's not much. But don't get discouraged. Look at the next line. Verse 4, chapter 2. So get to work, Zerubbabel. God is speaking. Get to work, Joshua, high priest. Get to work, all your people. God is speaking. Yes, get to work, for I am with you. The God of the angels' army is speaking. Put into action the word I covenanted with you. I love that. Get to work. Friends, like I don't want to, I haven't got the ability to hype you up. It's just not in my nature. What is in my nature is that I believe that the words that God speaks and the word of God that he has spoken ignites a flame in you that cannot be put out. And it compels you. By his, we get compelled by His Spirit. And I want to say to the church, get to work. It's easy for you to stand. You, you full-time, this is what you do. No, everybody, get to work. Playing your part. Glenridge Church, get to work. You've got a part to play in the city that only you can part. Play, get to work. I am with you, get to work. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be hardship. There's going to be times where you think, I don't know what's going on. But don't worry, I'm with you. Just get to work. 
Put your faith, fix your eyes on me. Don't, don't back off. Don't strip. Don't procrastinate. Don't step back. Step, step forward. Just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Put into action the word I've covenanted with you. And you see, this is, this is where we kind of get it. The reason why God's, it's so important that when he says your God's with you is it's backed up by a covenantal promise. Put into action the covenant I've got from you. Rely, lean into the covenant. Put your foot down and lean into the covenant. It's a covenant of God saying, I will sustain you. I will give you everything you need. Just follow me. Just go for it. The season is open. The plains are white for our harvest. Don't ever forget the covenant that you have with God. It's a covenant of freedom. It's a covenant of liberty. It's, a gov- it's, a cover- it's an unbreakable relationship commitment that God puts towards us. Unbreakable, friends. No matter how bad you've been, no matter what you've done, you're never going to disappoint God enough for Him to push you aside. Because you're in Christ. You're not in yourself. If you were in yourself, then it wasn't. But we're in Christ. And because we're in Christ, we can trust God and push forward with what God has for us. I'm living and breathing among you right now. Don't be timid. Do not hold back. How's that? I'm living and breathing among you, Glenridge Church. Don't be timid. Don't hold back. Put your foot down. Put your foot down. This is what the God of the angels' army said. Before you know it, I will shake up the sky and the earth and the oceans and the fields, and I will shake down all the godless nations. They will bring bushels of wealth, and I will fill this temple with splendor. God of the angel army says so. I own the silver, I own the God, the gold. A decree of the God of the angel armies. This temple, friends. You see, friends, when God wants to do something, he shakes it first. He just gets it loose. When you want to plant a new field, you plow it first. That's what God's doing. It's like he's plowed it and made things ready, shaken everything. And that's what the opportunity is now, that we step into this thing and see God do amazing things with us, friends. Not from the pulpit only. In your homes. In your life. In your workplace. With your business with your children and their friends and their parents, their, their parents, etc., etc. All of us ministers, all of us putting our foot down. Momentum and life. This temple, verse 9, this temple is going to end up far better than it started. A glorious beginning, but an even more glorious finish. A place in which I will hand out wholeness And holiness decrees the God of the angel armies. I want to tell you, if you've been in Glenridge Church for 20 years plus, what you experienced 20 years ago in the heart maybe of Glenridge's just influence is nothing compared to what's coming. It's nothing compared to what's coming. I want to I tell you now, God moves from one degree of glory to the next. He doesn't go down in steps. He goes up in steps. It's a, it's, a, it's a mindset of increase. It's a mindset of more of Him. 
It's a mindset of more nations and more impact and more influence and more people and more lives and more souls and more. A place in which I will hand out wholeness and holiness. That's what God's got for us. He wants a city of wholeness and holiness. How amazing is that? I was reading this this morning. I thought, oh God, please, Jesus. Please, Jesus, come. And then we have this moment. So this is a strong word to us as a church. But I trust it comes with, it comes with a compelling of the Spirit of God. It doesn't come with a whip. It doesn't come with a dragging people in. It comes with a call to say, come, there's more. And the way you stop your life from feeling like it's just going through the motions is to get on with God's work and let him pull the motions together for your life. That's what he told these people. You got consumed with the with the externals, you got consumed with the battle and the fight and you've forgotten why you were born. You've forgotten your, your created value was to bring glory to his name. And God puts you into a community. Friends, you've got to, this is not a Sunday morning service. It's the gathering of Glenridge Church that's on a journey so that we can find the next steps and be encouraged on the journey. And you part of that and you get hold of the corporateness of that. The blessing of the corporateness of that comes into our lives as much as you add in something. And it's going to be young people dancing and kids dancing and Lex dancing. <laughs> and prophetic words coming and we don't quite know where it's going next. Terry, Terry Virgo, I'll end with this. Terry Virgo's cry at the end of his sermon. He said, you know what? Now we've gone online and the church doesn't want to gather anymore because they think online is somehow... He says it doesn't cut it. He comes and he says, he says this church, Glen, a church, remember what we fought for. We fought for an expression of the presence of God in our meetings. And now they've become seeker-sensitive, toned-down, conservative, trying to keep people, this is my words now, trying to keep people instead of reach people. Glenridge Church is not trying to, I'm not trying to keep anybody. I'm trying to reach people. Come and reach people together, friends. There's a new season of absolute wonder before us. And it's going to be a blessing for you and your family, blessing for us and our families, together as we put our foots down. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys.